This program is brought to you by BibleWayMedia.org, overseen by the Uloga Church of Christ in Uloga, Oklahoma. You're listening to For This I Bow My Knees with Tracy Frederick. One of my favorite things to do is to sit out on our deck in the evening before the sun goes down and enjoy the quiet. At least that's what I call it, the quiet. Even though it, it really isn't quiet, I mean, we lived at just outside of town, so we don't have the street noise and such, but it's never completely quiet. There are the birds, the wind, the rustling of the trees, the bugs, the turkeys, and there, there are even geese flying overhead. And they're, they're all part of that quiet. But you know, I don't know why, but I believe that somehow that we become confused about quietness as if it is the absence of everything. Maybe because we've been inundated with noise and, and constant information that is often not true or skews the truth, but is bombarding us all of the time. And we don't recognize that the quiet, that the silence can speak volumes because we're just not listening, especially when God is quiet. And we become confused, we become uh, concerned, and we fill in all of the silence with our ideas when his voice isn't heard in the moments of quiet. So I invite you to take a walk with me through some quiet moments in the Word of God to better understand what I mean, what I'm talking about when God is quiet. Remember David trying to move the Ark of God in Second Samuel chapter 6? I've talked about it before, and I expect that you this isn't new to you, that you know what I'm talking about. But let's remind ourselves that in verse 1 through 6, David is excited to return the Ark of the Covenant to God's people. So he goes to Gibeah to pick it up with a new cart and some oxen. And while David was leading the parade, returning the Ark of God to where it rightly belonged, he and the people were celebrating the whole way with all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps, on psalteries, on timbrels, and on cornets and cymbals. Verse 5 of chapter 6. David wasn't quiet about the situation. He was celebrating until something went terribly wrong. The oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out to steady the ark, and he was struck dead. And the music stopped. God struck him dead instantly and quietly. Now, to be clear, David taking the ark back to God's people, that was a good thing. And David was angry, verse 8. And he asked God this question, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? And God was quiet. And David, he was confused. He appeared to assume that there was no answer to this question. But. There was. So let's go to a little more difficult situation, a situation in God's word that seems to have caused some controversy among Christians and even caused some non-Christians to say that it proves God is the author of confusion. Because here again, God is quiet. You recall the judge, Judge Jephthah, whose story, or the part that we're allowed to know, is told in Judges chapter 11. He was the ninth judge of Israel and an unlikely judge. He had a, well, checkered past, shall we say. But that's not the point. God is clear about that information. 
the controversial part of his life, and we might say the quiet part, begins in verse 29 through 40 of chapter 11, where you recall Jephthah makes a vow to God that if God will give the sons of Ammon into his hands, the nation that he was battling at the time, that he would offer up as a burnt offering whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace. And who comes out to meet him with tambourines? His only child, his daughter. Now there are a lot of theories and ideas going around out there about whether Jephthah really offered up his daughter on an altar as a burnt burnt offering or sacrifice, or if the vow actually meant something else. But the controversy really hasn't been about Jephthah. It's been about God. Because we read through that section and God is quiet about that vow, about what Jephthah said. And there's the controversy because God didn't stay Jephthah's hand, uh, didn't implicitly condemn Jephthah for that vow. So we wonder, did he approve of it? I mean, he didn't say no, is what we say. We have no record of God stopping anything like the situation with Abraham's impending sacrifice of Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. We just don't know what Jephthah did. And that seems to be the conundrum. Why would God be quiet? And that seems to cause us to wonder and speculate. Well, let's move along. The last stop on our journey is a different one. We must return to the judgment of Christ. You'll find these accounts in Matthew chapter 27, Mark chapter 15, Luke chapter 23, and John chapter 18. But let's go to that account in Matthew, where in verse 1 we hear, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. It sounds like it was a pretty disturbing group of men, lots of strategizing, consideration of the charges that would stick. And I expect that there was a pretty big ruckus. And when they finished, they sent him to the governor, verse 11, who asks Jesus a question. Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to them, it is as you say. It was a very controversial answer because we learned that the chief priests and the elders started accusing Jesus because of his answer. Mark chapter 15 verse 3 says, They were harsh, those accusations. They were accusing him harshly. Luke chapter 23 verse 5 says that when the governor found no fault, they, those chief priests and elders, kept insisting their position. John chapter 18 verse 29 through 39 reports that after Pilate determined he was innocent, Jesus was innocent and chose to release him, they cried out. They made a lot of noise. But take a few steps back. With all of that noise going on, remember Jesus was there. And verse 12 and 13 in Matthew 26, when Pilate asked Jesus, Do you not hear all of the things they testify against you? Jesus didn't answer. He remained quiet, and Pilate was amazed because Jesus gave no defense. And again, when our Savior the Christ was hanging on the cross, 
Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, he cannot save himself. If he is the Son of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and he will believe, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the Son of God. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39 through 43. And while they were talking, God was silent again. But let's never mistake God's silence for approval. Remember our look at the situation with David and the ark? You see, God had already spoken. He had already given the instructions to Israel as to how the ark was to be moved and that touching it would mean death. Numbers chapters 3 and 4. And the other question, did God approve of Jephthah's vow? He didn't stop it. He didn't openly condemn it to Jephthah's face. He didn't say anything. Not then, but he did in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31, chapter 18, verse 10, Leviticus 18, verse 21, 2 Kings 21, verse 6. God said over and over, unequivocally, no, no human sacrifice, no sacrificing children. It is a sin. You see, God's quiet, that doesn't mean approval. And I would argue that God has given us all instruction for everything. He has already spoken. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. God is never quiet. So when we're sitting in the quiet, wondering about answers to questions that confuse us that pertain to life, salvation, raising children, our finances, questions about what to do and not to do, what to touch and not touch, God is never quiet. Perhaps the problem is that we haven't listened to what he said. Remember David? Well, he finally got it. He finally figured out the situation with the ark. And this is his inspired advice to us. When my whole heart, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Psalms chapters 119 verses 11 through 12. It is for this that we will search the whole word of God in the quiet and listen. It is for this that I bow my knees today. We thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can also find us on several uh, social media platforms now. You can find us not only on Facebook, but you can also can find us on Tumblr. You can also find us on the Twitter alternative known as Telegram and on the Facebook alternative known as MeWe. We hope you enjoyed this program. We hope you will share with others. And as always, we thank you for listening.